Coming to you live from Parkview Studios, The Den, this is The Brothers Catch-Up, a weekly podcast where two brothers come together to just catch up. I'm Sal Biazzi. With me, as always, is my brother, Frankie Biazzi. And may I say, you're getting really good at the intros. Which is funny, because if you go really back good. and listen to the beginning, if you ever went to number one, episode one of the podcast, and just listened all the way through, you'd see that development of the intro i think that's a great touch to our podcast i think you've done a great job growth is something i hear audiences like from their podcast hosts i like that we're still going with albert abrahu here in the uh bottom of the 10th well i mean you got four runs his era is 20 that was from last year sorry he's got it um yeah the yankees looked like they were going to lose another game and i was ready to kill myself and they just piled on some insurance runs with the stupid extra inning rule. That I hate. So we'll take it. Yeah, I'll um, take it. Because if they would have lost today, well, they still could, but I'm going to assume that they're not going to. But if they would have lost today... You would have been miserable. Ah, it wouldn't have been great. I've really been struggling to care very much. Well, we, we've been over the MLB stuff. You can listen to past podcasts if you want to hear about that. But the Yankees right now do look like they have... The opportunity to win a ball game, which is nice. But I was thinking before we started recording and a bunch of times this week that I thought maybe we would start this podcast. Because, listen, I've been feeling guilty, to be honest. Because About. the quality of our performance as podcast hosts and then just my, even my overall social media content, just everything that I put out. I used to put much more pride into my own thoughts and opinions and I, I feel like I haven't been doing our audience or you or myself a, ser- a service by what we've been saying so far in the first 22 episodes of the podcast or 21 episodes and I, I want to turn over a new leaf okay all right okay so I really do think what we need to do is be more open okay with our beliefs. So I thought maybe this episode we could dedicate to just kind of expanding on, like, what do you believe in as a human person? Okay, that's cool. All right, I like that. But before we get into that, I really want to talk about Godzilla vs. King Kong. I remember you said you wanted to talk about that. And while it's at the top of my mind, I want to talk about it. Because, although maybe I shouldn't. Maybe we should save that. (laughs) Because I thought it was a big heaping pile of garbage. (laughs) And people actually seem to like this movie. Don't know how, but it was really bad, and I want to expand on why it was bad. But you tell me. Should I, should I save that for later? I mean, I think those are two really heavy topics that we, sh- that we could weigh against each other. Maybe we should do the... Because I was going to tie in why it's so bad to, like, overall, everything's bad today. So maybe we should save But that's it. why I wanted to talk about our beliefs, because I... The whole reason why I was thinking about this topic is because, generally speaking, we come in here and I like to riff off you and we just kind of talk about how we're feeling about current events and stuff. And obviously current events can feel, if you have the beliefs that we have, rather bleak right now. And I said last week and the week before that I don't want to be super black pill on this podcast and just be doom and gloom all the time because that's yeah, not very really negative. that's not really how i view society even though Amanda at times and in ways negative. i think that is how society is generally speaking though i'm an optimistic person i believe that there's still so much potential for our country and humanity and our culture and society to do well and to win victory from the oppressing forces that we're all up against but like what brings you to the beliefs that you hold why is it that we think what we do? I think if we started to well, get into that a little bit. That's great. And then at the end, like. We're... I'm a man of very few convictions. Yeah. Like, I don't. And I, I mean that in a good way, if there is a good way. Like, I really try my hardest to not get too bogged down with life, with responsibility, with seriousness. Because I don't think. There's a point. I think that when you live a life that's it's hard to do, it's hard to be a human, it is hard to be uh, living, in, especially in this age. 
So, I think it's okay to just not take... Not that you shouldn't take things seriously, because like, like things are important. Jobs, relationships. But at the end of the day, nothing is really that serious. And we need to laugh and have a good time. And I do believe that on this podcast, if like you don't know me in real life and you only know me through this podcast, you probably actually don't think that about me. Because I think on this podcast, what you're just kind of saying is like, I think we do get tend to go a little negative and dark and uh, the world is ending. And it is like in our in our podcast life, like when we talk about politics, when we talk about current events, it is. It's just like it's this fun little hour for us to be like everything everything sucks when you but point out when of, you point out the flaws in yeah, the cracks in the system it's easy to get yourself in that thing but generally but life here is good yesterday me and amanda went for a bike ride we're at the boardwalk we're playing games i have i'm i have a great attitude i'm nice to people like oh by the way the other day so this was friday night we were at the boardwalk and i wanted to get cores and uh the kid who's like getting me my ice cream is it's his like first summer working and i was just like i was having a good time with the kid you know i was like i was talking to him i was telling him how how good his summer is going to be how much money he's going to make working the quarter stand and that's kind of what i mean is like i like life's too short to go around not being that way so we're not enjoying it. Yeah. So sure, while the podcast may get dark at times, I think my beliefs outside of the podcast are very much just like, don't let things get too serious. Try to detach as much as possible, and be able to have your own life outside yeah. of the the greater body politic. When we talk about the current events of the the times, and we do go to these places where we're talking about like, okay, what's the consequence of this? Oh, is it going to be war for the United States and all taxes are going to be higher and all the way of lives changing, all these things that we tend to drone on about at times. I do think that that's one thing. And people tend, people who aren't political people, I think, tend to hear that and think that political people are people who can't separate the two or Correct. don't. But in reality, it couldn't be more different. Like, yes. Because, because I spend the time to shout my opinions out in various ways i don't think about it as much internally <laughs> outside of this uh neck this mechanism that we've built over the years where i have a blog or yeah, it's my twitter feed or now this podcast it's funny like i think it does almost kind of work like just because oh man that thought is just gone i had it it's just <laughs> gone well, I mean, that's all right. That happens. But I was going to say, like, last night, after we finished watching the movie, me and Amanda were talking about Godzilla vs. Kong, and or, and I'm talking about how bad it is, and she agreed it's bad. And then I tried to connect that to, like, society, just the overall thing, and she immediately was like, well, why do you always have to go there? It's, why can't it just be a movie? And I'm like, well, because it, it's not just a movie. Like, it, it is like a symbol. But just because I'm I'm relating them doesn't mean that I'm, like, doom and gloom here i'm not it's just it's just I hey just, i'm just aware I, I feel like i'm just kind of aware of what it all is but at the end of the day like i've said a couple minutes ago like i just try to be in a good mood and not let this stuff distract us yeah but at the same time it's important to have the dialogue that i think that we have and I hope that our dialogue inspires other people to have the dialogue about what's actually happening in the world and how you feel about it. We had guests over, I'm not going to name names, I'm not going to say anything, but we've had guests over this whole pandemic. I'm, I'm one of the people who would say that my life hasn't changed much with the pandemic. I've been blessed where work opportunities and my social life have been able to proceed unaffected. I'm not someone who's crazy strict on masks and social distancing if you're one of those people that are good for you i really don't care but in all honesty i really do feel like in this pandemic people have become over the last year so secluded and so afraid to share their opinions on these topics and now we are really opening the door to a total 
totalitarian takeover of our society. So when you talk about these types of big issues, it's obviously going to get into territories that get heavy. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean like your life now in the media. There was joy. There's joy everywhere in every situation. And until they can never take that from you. You know, no matter how society changes, no matter what you believe, no matter how outcasted or ostracized you may feel, they can't take your joy and your happiness. They can't take the things from you that you love and cherish. So, you know, and that's a general they, like who's trying to. That's, again, part of your perspective and what you, how you interpret the events of society and current events. So when you say our beliefs... Our beliefs, like what do you believe? Meaning what? Well, I was thinking... Like, God. Yeah, I was power. thinking like we could start... But after death, what happens? Like, well, yeah, because These, these I, types of things? Like, what is it? Because I've talked about this with you a few times, but I don't think we've ever put any of this now stuff on the record. But like, like what, what is, is what is life? Let's start there. I guess. The meaning of life. Uh, number one is light. Is it real? Are you under the assumption that this is all real? Well, I don't know what you mean by real. Are we really on a planet in the in this? In the physical, a physical, an actual physical reality, or is this trying to kind of just like, you know, like simulation theory? Oh my god, it's got a crazy ring in my ear. See, the CIA planted that ship, and now they know you're talking about things that you shouldn't be talking about. That's crazy. You can't get metaphysical on podcasts hosted by Spotify. Um, I actually do believe that it. Look. We have to take from all avenues of thought. I think there's definitely a lot of merit to simulation theory. When you get down at a, at a subatomic have level... You ever... Keep going, I'm sorry. Subatomic particles behave like data more than they behave like matter. Have you ever had a dream, though, where like the dream is so real, you can feel the dream, and then you wake up and you're like, man, that's crazy, I can't believe like, that yeah. was a dream. Yeah. How do we know like when we die... That we're not dreaming. That the second you die, you actually just wake up and you're, you're like, like, oh, that game that sucks. Was, yeah, like, that was crazy. Like, you throw a VR headset off and you're like, that game sucks. And you're actually an octopus with, like, eight legs. Like, the movie The Matrix. There's got to be some kind of, maybe not truth. Does there got to be? But, like, got to be. Well, you said there's got to be some no, kind of truth. Well, that's what I'm saying. No. Does I'm, there, no, though? No, I'm saying that what there has to be, not necessarily truth, but there has to be, I think, some connection to elements of it maybe i don't know I don't you talk so. we've talked about this a long time ago that there you there's no you don't no one has the ability to come up with an original thought but i think they do what do you mean yeah well i know what you're referencing you're referencing you can't i don't come remember up with who something. Soc- see this is was it socrates or plato i forget what everything philosopher is just, it's like an you, adjustment of something that's already existed yeah your all your thoughts come from Something that always, but so that's like, not, I don't actually believe that because I believe that people do come up with things that inherently there no, has to be original can't. thought. You can't, no, come up with something right now that doesn't <laughs> exist. You can't do it. You have to, you can't. I don't know. Come up with something right now that doesn't exist. Um, can't do it, but so that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's like the ideas of these, of these types of movies and sci fi and, and theories <laughs> and ideas. Have existed for a long time, and we'll never know. Like they'll never, that'll never be like something we know. But I don't know. I again, I, my whole theory of life is just like I don't know anything other than I'm here on this planet, and so I gotta just try to enjoy it and live it the way I want to. I agree. So, and I think that's a good way to. To kind of perceive things. I agree. I don't know anything. I think the biggest problem in life is everyone thinks they know everything when no one knows anything. And I hope that's what a lot of our audience kind of gets at this point is that we don't know anything. We just talk about what we think we know. And if you agree or disagree, that's fine. It could be all wrong. And that's what life is. But we've lost that. And it's not our fault. It's not people like us who are here just having a conversation. It's the big tech companies who are telling you that people like us are violent or, or somehow dangerous because we spread, I don't know, misinformation. 
That's not. But like, we already put that out in like episode two or one. That was this disclaimer. This is the point. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna say shit that's probably wrong. A lot. It's up to you to know what you know. But regardless, I want to talk about consciousness a little bit in this. What do we believe? Because I think. The, when you when you scale down at the center of everything, but mm-hmm. if we go to the center of religion and the center of science, you go to the Big Bang, you go to the Genesis origin story in the Bible, you're talking about nothing and then something. And we know, because physics and science are infallible and would never be wrong about anything, that matter can't be created from nothing. So Matter cannot be created or nor destroyed. Yes. Is that a thing? Yeah, so the law of entropy. So the so the Big Bang tells us that there was nothing, and then there was a big explosion, and that's what brought matter into the universe. And God says, "Hey, there was nothing," and then all of a sudden, God existed, and He was like, "Hey, there's gonna be something." And my theory, and I'm just an idiot on the internet who knows nothing. Again, we've established this, Mm -hmm. but my theory is that consciousness existed. Consciousness is the simulation. Consciousness is the brain that is a sub above all things. It is something beyond. I don't know how to describe it, but I know what it is, right? You know what consciousness is? It's you thinking and knowing and being. So there's a greater central consciousness that exists above all matter. I would agree with that 100%. Because that's kind of exactly what I That becomes self-aware. So maybe it's an AI that gets turned on in some machine that's created by an alien super race. Okay, so that's where I, where we initially automatically, like... Go, but that's not necessarily... No, no I, I disagree there. It's like, okay. I, I agree that there is, like, this overarching consciousness to everything. Like, yes. Like, the grass, I the call soil, it the, one. the dirt... The Earth, the one like, consciousness. everything itself has this this consciousness, this this math, its like, vibration. Like yeah, like there's there's something. Um, I don't know if it's self aware though. Well, I think that the Big Bang is it becoming self aware, like consciousness itself being like, what am I? Like the boom, all of a sudden, oh, okay. all right. There's nothing. A sci-fi with that. I like there's that. nothing, right? And then all of a sudden, what am I? Boom. Now there has to be something. Yeah. Because now consciousness is aware of existence and once consciousness becomes aware of existence something has to exist and that is consciousness but consciousness can't exist alone it needs to experience well what does it set out to experience everything there is to experience and then it starts to create what is that's where we get the well that's where everything is that's where we get the creation what we know is everything is this like this planet earth what we're capable of here but like how do we know and we don't know we don't that like there's don't know just either. another planet like like space is so big it is so <laughs> space large. is large it's yeah. so large it's like we're talking we just have no idea that there's like another planet out there that could look just like this where everything is different but there's where, a planet where everything where, could be exactly the same in the people where in the- cars are peanut butter jelly sandwiches and people are <laughs> driving around with shoes on their head. Like, that could be a thing. I know it sounds ridiculous, but, like, the point is, is, like, we just know everything is normal to us because this is just what it is. It's all we know. Yes. But even beyond that, if consciousness, life, it wants to experience itself, right? So let's say there's the great being that knows all, that is consciousness, that vibrates and creates itself and then expands out into planets and stars and the whole universe and it's constantly expanding. And all of the consciousness that gets that is you and that is me and that is everyone else is a part of this great consciousness. And the whole part of the whole point of you being alive is to just have this experience of life. And then going through this experience of life, trying to become I would say in this Buddhist sense of like reaching nirvana, right? Trying to become enlightened to the point where you realize that your body is nothing and your consciousness is everything because your consciousness is one with the great consciousness. And when you die, you get to meet the great consciousness and either he accepts you back into the one consciousness or he sends you back out to do it all over again. That's one of the, um, I think it's probably like an alien on Mars or something. Holmes has like talked about that. It's like that we're just like all particles in consciousness inside of meat suits. Yeah. Like, that's all we are. Like... Yes. That's interesting. And then... So then what is... What is death then, right? Like, death is just... 
That's the end of your cycle of life. And your duty in that cycle of life was to experience life as that thing. But then I start to question, like, okay, mental health issues. Why does... It's like I struggle with anxiety. Sure. Um, how and why does that manifest? Why, if consciousness is what... I'm just trying to experience things. Like, one of the things I, I, I hate about my not I don't hate about myself but something that is like it's a personal struggle is my anxiety and it and it really stops me from experiencing things and it's frustrating and it's something I don't I wish I can control better and I, I think I've gotten better at it why does that manifest like what if it's all just consciousness and we're all just trying to experience why would something that is literally preventing me from experiences happening well, I think that I think that we're talking about something that is everything. So, right? That would include the good things and the bad things about every experience of life. So, that's the cancer patients and that's the the Bill Gateses of the world. So, you know, some it, people are going to go through experiences that are going to be unpleasant and hard and challenging, but when you when you overcome those obstacles or burdens and reach the end of whatever destiny or life road you've taken, you should be able to say, like, hey, I handled those challenges or obstacles the best I could. And if you didn't, that's fine, too, but that might not... I mean, this is all just ridiculous Yeah, no, but there's that, but... there's that old... Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's a reading from a Bible. I just remember learning in school, though, about that, like, Jesus... Right, like, so Jesus is all of us. Yeah. Like, so he's literally everyone experiencing life one at a time through all of us. At the same time? Well, no, no. Jesus is the son of God. But Jesus, if Jesus were the direct, and I think this kind of fits in, right? Because if Jesus were an enlightened son of God sent directly to him to be the messenger of his experience, his message lines up with exactly what we're saying. And it lines up with Ra, the book of one, uh, which is like this story of this alien who communicated through a, hypno a hypnosis experiment in the 70s and told everyone about like the origin of humanity and all this shit but like about how we're all one and we're all one through consciousness and all these ideas but that's a lot of what Jesus is saying is that hey your brother isn't that different from you love yourself and over the years of translation maybe he was trying to explain to us that consciousness is the shit but all I'm saying is I do believe. Think, do you think that's kind of why we have this like this war on drugs too? Because like mushrooms, marijuana, uh, DMT. Like, I'm trying to think of, like all like your natural ones. Like these things exist in the earth. They've existed for a long time. Why do they exist? Like I've never I've never done DMT or mushrooms, but like. You hear the stories about it and how it, it, it has helped people unlock the, the con their own consciousness and be like, oh, like I see so much more than what we can see on a daily basis. Like there's another plane to our reality that we, we don't have access to. But if we did, it would kind of show everyone that like what's really going on. Well, pause this discussion to bring up another discussion that sparks what you're talking about right here. As conspiracy theorists, and this is another reason why I wanted to talk about our beliefs, because I think that we don't ever talk about what our actual beliefs are as these things that get brought up as boogeymen in the mainstream media. We're constantly on the defensive. So what gets lost is everything that's actually true about what these people actually believe. Like, what QAnon actually is and what people who only read the New York Times and Washington Post or watch the HBO documentary think it is are two entirely different things, just like every other conspiracy that ever existed. So, I believe that we have histories and civilizations and truths out there that are almost incomprehensible compared to what we're taught in our school books and understand in our modern-day well, mainstream understanding of reality. Well, this goes back to, what's his name? Uh... Uh, Graham Hancock? Yeah, Graham Hancock. Like Graham Hancock talks about the, uh, 
that civilization that was in the Amazon. Yeah. Like, and how advanced technology, how much, like, how much advanced technology they had, and then over time it just gets lost and buried, and, uh, then there was that other guy from Boston, that TED Talk, the guy with the, talks about the, uh, the giants. Yeah. In the woods of, like, you can still walk through, like, the woods up in, like, Mass. I have a book about how the, how the Smithsonian and hides evidence of giant, a giant civilization that could possibly exist. So, like, if these things existed at one point, we can argue that, but, like, I believe, again, like, this, we, we know we had woolly mammoths, right? Like, we can prove that. Yep. That was a real thing. Mm-hmm. We can prove we had dinosaurs. You're telling me we didn't have fucking giants? I like, don't know. Like, maybe we did. We have, we kind of have, we kind of have evidence of it, like, between, like, the, the mounds that that guy found and different, like, bones. Like, well, but here's the problem. The problem is there's a difference between what the mainstream considers evidence and what actually you would consider evidence. Yeah. So the academ- academia today is much different than what general consensus may be if there were a free access of information, and there isn't. But there are plenty of alternative... uh, archaeologists and journalists and alternative media personalities who can give you plenty of counter-arguments to the mainstream understanding of just things like, you know, ancient civilizations, ancient Egypt, uh, whether or not giants existed, like with Stonehenge and other similar ruins in North America, similar society markers that show up in ancient Egypt but also in Japan and islands off the Caribbean and all these all these weird things that you wouldn't know if you just learned the history books like European cities in China or like uh how do you ever remember we taught used to talk about um what was it called when there'd be like architecture that's kind of like buried under roadways yeah and like, I forgot what that's called but I know exactly what you're talking about. And there's conspiracy theories about how, like, Genghis Khan never existed. And no one knows anything, man. Even the experts... The experts are the ones who write the narratives. Well, it's just kind of like... establishment. It's just kind of like... Back in... When, like, Galileo was trying to tell people, like... Hey... Like, we're actually not the center of the universe. People are like, this guy's fucking crazy. Yeah. And then eventually they're like, alright, we're accepting this as yeah. the real. But, like, average people. I'm not talking about real, like, physicists or anything like that. Like, you and me. And other people you'd see at, like, a grocery store. And you went up to him and said, uh, what do we revolve around? Everyone's gonna say the sun, right? Yep. If you were to tell them, prove it, they can't prove it themselves. You have to then go to, well, science tells us this, and this is why science tells us this. But, like, if if you're being lied to, I'm not saying that you are. I'm just saying if we were, how would you, how would you ever know? Like, how would I ever know that we were being lied to if we were being lied to? And that's, that's the real tragedy of it, because... At the end of the day, you don't want to get. I'm not saying we don't. You don't want to get into this anti-intellectual like dark ages mentality. No, absolutely not. Shut her in, or you go after the academics, or distrust everything inherently. When when we've seen in the past couple decades now, if not longer, that like it is a big club of intellectuals though, and they push narratives without like like let's take it back for COVID. The six feet rule. The six feet rule is not based in any science. That's why they were like, ah, you know what, it's actually three feet after a year. So, like, if that's not based in any science and they're going to push that narrative out to you, like, what's to say other things aren't just pushed for the sake of pushing things? Yeah. Just to... Cre- being able to control control the information that people have access to, being able to control what people believe is the essence of being able to control societies. It's literally the reason why the Catholic Church dominated civilization for as long as it did. It's the reason why regimes like what happens in North Korea and Cuba are able to ha- are able to occur. It's what led to the rise of Hitler. It's what the mainstream left would ha- lead you to believe was 
the reason for Trump, and it's literally what we're seeing right now. It's the consolidation of the flow of information. It is the controlling of what the populations believe. And if you're able to control them through this this belief that science is this infallible dogmatic preacher that can dictate reality to people is dystopian. And it just shows how little people understand about their history and their own literature because we've been warned about this throughout our lives. This is exactly what we've been warned about. When the authoritarian voices start telling you that the, the sky is red, guess what? It's not necessarily red. Don't just believe them that it's red. And that's exactly what's happened here with COVID over the last year. It's what happened with, it ha it's what happens with our elections every cycle now. Like, I know that people forget, but I was one of the people who in 2004 thought George Bush stole Ohio. So, like, this is nothing new. The reality of it is our system is completely rigged and gamed in almost every possible way. And I don't want to get into the Doomer territory. I'm talking about our core beliefs here. The core beliefs is that the essence of humanity and consciousness supersedes the oppression of our masters and overlords on this earthly plane because there's so much more to life and existence in the universe that you are an inheritance. You, it's you. It's what you belong to. And that's what I believe. So that's what keeps me from freaking out about Joe Biden taking guns away because I know that no matter what type of terror we live through on Earth, because there's been generations before us, I'm watching The Patriot right now, great movie with Mel Gibson, it goes to show you there are worse times to live in than what we're living through yeah, right absolutely. now. And every, but every, but that, that that's it, right? It's like every generation, every new era of society is gonna have their battles. There's no way around it. And some are way worse than others. Some seem better than others. Some, and in every single one of those, by the way, there are people who are untouched by it. Like, there are people who probably grew up um, during, like, that time and weren't as touched to the actual events as others, right? Like, just kind of, like, now uh, with what's going on. Me and you are more paid attention to maybe some others and those other people aren't as involved in it because they live out in the middle of the country and they don't pay attention to it and it doesn't actually affect their everyday lives like covid covid has had a drastically different impact on people on the coast than it did on people who kind of live in these small towns who have naturally uh like they don't live on top of each other like in the cities so i don't know it's just weird i agree so why don't we transition into the movie review of Godzilla vs. King Kong? Because I also watched the movie, independent of... You watched it? Oh, yeah. Rich oh. and I watched it. Oh, my God. Okay, great. I'm glad... We... I... I didn't know you watched it. I, know. I thought I, I was going to be explaining it to you. No, I've seen Did it. Did you think it was terrible? I have thoughts about it, but okay. I don't think it was as bad as what it sounds like you think it was bad, but that's because... Oh, no, it was bad. The precedent has been set for this so many times. But wait, though. hold on. I don't want to get into it just yet because I want to pee. Got it. All right. Alright, so who wants to give their review so, first? Let's... I wanna I wanna try to do this without spoilers. Okay. So if people are listening and they're gonna watch this movie. I don't really care about not giving spoilers, but whatever. And then, especially for this movie, because but here's we don't why know what happens. Here's I mean, I won't tell movie. you who wins between if there is a battle between Okay, so this is why I'm you know a what? monkey and a lizard. I okay. won't tell you who wins that battle, but everything. Let else me start with my review so that maybe I don't want my thoughts to be at all influenced by your thoughts. Godzilla okay. is awesome. Sure. I love Godzilla. The movie that came out in 2014, the the first of like the... The Brian the, Cranston movie. Yeah. That movie... wasn't really in that much. That movie was awesome. That Godzilla movie was awesome. I thought it was terrible. But... I was younger, and I was just there to watch Godzilla, and I thought it was cool. Okay. Um, now, I don't watch many big-budget films anymore. I don't watch new movies anymore. I don't know. I don't really watch movies. But Godzilla vs. Kong, I was excited. I thought it was going to be cool, and it was cool. When Godzilla and King Kong are fighting, it's pretty awesome. I like Godzilla. I like King Kong. They did a good job with that. However, that's not the majority of the movie. The majority of the movie is this haphazard story that makes no sense. The writing is so lazy and bad and just like, 
how can we get from this point to this point and not show any of it and we'll just make pretend the editing was at one point there's a cut where the guy just has a different haircut in the next scene and they they don't address it it's not like there was, there was i after watching it, i was actually convinced i missed a point where they said like a couple years back like we're t- two years prior but no it was just they just didn't whoop, oversight um the story had massive holes in it and it could have just been better if it was just these monsters fighting the entire time and it just wasn't and they made the crazy guys podcast seem ridiculous and because millie bobby brown's character listens to that podcast in total for like 13 seconds and every time she listens to it she's like taking notes like oh yeah and then like she hears another thing and she's like that's it he's bleach guy and then like they go on a hunt for the guy from the podcast because like no one knows who this guy is he's just this his voice. obviously the biggest she issue. finds him so fast she asks one guy in the grocery store one guy in the grocery store and, and can i ask you a question can i ask you a question I said to rachel during the movie i said oh he should be dead then because so, if he's really, if he's really this like, oh my god, I'm a whistleblower, they're gonna fucking kill me. But wait, then also like the girl so from across the city just hunts you down okay. on a whim. I thought that was crazy. So my question for you is, yeah. all right, that scene when they're in the grocery store. If you haven't seen it, I'm very curious to know other people's opinions. She, her, and her friend are asking this clerk in this weird grocery store about. Bleach. Where is someone's location? And this, so then they they put the ten dollar bill on the counter, like ha, it's like a joke. And he goes, "Oh yeah, I'll talk now." <laughs> then it cuts to them knocking on a door. Did you think that was gonna really be the guy? No, no, I thought the I was guy like, was just like shutting him up. Like, I was like, they couldn't have found him this quick. I thought it was gonna be yeah, like I thought he was just gonna like, like I just want the ten bucks. I'm gonna give you a random name and a random address, and that's where you're gonna go. It was just the guy. They, they, the guy at the grocery store knew exactly who... It was unbelievable. And that was just one of my problems. See, I don't want to be spoiler, but, like, at the end... When they just travel... He puts when... this much whiskey in, like, a vent, and it, that saves the day. I watched one review, and they pointed this out, and it, it's something that I also noticed, but thought it was hilarious when they pointed out how the one... the Millie Bobby Brown's dad is literally just, like, being shuttled to, to these locations... And Millie Bobby Brown just finds him in, like, the wreckage of these locations. Like, just, like, this random teenage girl just keeps finding her they, father they who's, like, useless. Know, they were both in Hong Kong. Yeah. They, they didn't know they were both in Hong Kong, but they were just both there. In the rubble, in the ruins of Godzilla and, and King Kong just fought and destroyed a city. And here you... Dad! Dad! I'm right here, honey. It's a joke. The movie... But again, but it, when they're fighting, it's awesome. I'm in for that. Like, the movie was just like... So but I think that's how everyone feels. But I think that's also <coughs> why it was so terrible. I know, it was bad. So, so I wonder, like, what are your opinions on it? I think that... What do you think was good? Well, whenever there's, like... Whenever you're talking about Hollow Earth and all these fringe conspiracy topics... I thought topics, it was cool that, like, it got And bringing them into like, shit, I always go, like, this is disclosure, they're getting out ahead of this shit. But, I mean, just on a practical level, it's so ridiculous in this plot. Like, I wish they had left... You could have left all that shit out. I mean, all of it, and it would have been a better movie. Here's the something I brought. I, the axe and the fucking center of the earth and all that, like, it was so pointless. I thought the axe was gonna be way cooler. All the human characters are are useless. The hu- um, so, man... Amanda I hated made a them good fighting point. on the ships because I couldn't believe the ships could hold. Like, if he could fight King Kong, how could the ships hold his weight as he's jumping from them? Like, that's, well, that's they crazy. go from the guy showing up to the doctor's apartment trying to get him on board for the mission to King Kong is chained. Oh, to a we boat just did it so fast! <laughs> I don't know how they did it. Good thing we accomplished this really how, impossible. It was task. unbelievable, but so I don't know. There's just so much like that, though. And the effort it took for them to get to the the center of the earth where these monsters live was a lot. Like, it took a lot to get there. It was cool down there. I would have stayed down there. And then all it took was, like, one breath from Godzilla to just build, 
get the hole and everyone's back up from the center of the earth. Instantly like that. Yeah. It felt like, because I was thinking that once they were going down into the center of the earth, I'm like, well, getting out of that's going to be tough. And it turns out, no, we just, we'll just make a hole from the Godzilla and then you just come out. The whole thing was so bizarre. And Amanda said, Amanda's point was like, almost every human character has about the same screen time and you don't connect with any of them. There is no connection to any character in that movie besides King Kong. And even that's kind of iffy. I really liked the part where Godzilla and King Kong punched each other. That was cool. But, yeah, the movie itself, I mean, but that... The reason why people like it is because our standards are so low right now. And that's what I was saying. Like, if you guys are going to... If Hollywood's going to be so terrible and preachy all the time... Make me good shit. Give me just something that I could not worry about. And this is at least two hours of King Kong and Godzilla. So that's kind of what I was saying. I think people just appreciate. That's kind of what I was saying to Amanda. was like, what it feels like is like... Was the person who wrote that script and, and flushed it out and wrote it, did they really try to write a good movie? No, they didn't. You can't tell me they did because it was really bad and there's no way they could have. So while they were actually writing the script, at every point are they just like, well, this doesn't really matter. We're just going to have these two monsters fight each other. Who cares what they say? Well, it's really expensive to CGI those two monsters fighting for that long. So that's where the whole budget went. And then they just were like, fuck everything else. They're, at one point, they are out in the water, and they're like, all right, cut the engines, cut everything. We're going to pretend like we're dead. And the military guy's like, this better work. <laughs> really? You guys have no other option. <laughs> it better work? Like, this guy, well, what if it doesn't work? You're we're just dead, dead anyway. anyway. <laughs> like, who cares? This better work. I know, that was ridiculous. But there, you, I mean, literally everything about that movie, every step of the way, every scene there's humans involved. I like the deaf girl. Is ridiculous. The deaf girl was cool. No, because it's so stupid. Because there's no way King... In the heavy rain, through the windshield of the boat, when she's just, like, holding up her tiny little four-year-old hands and sign-languaging to King Kong outside. And, like, she's the only one who knows King Kong can sign-language. All of a sudden, she's... The, the woman's like, Are you talking to him? <laughs> oh. This little girl goes everywhere King Kong is like, no one's worried about the safety of this child. They're just like, eh, no. Let King Kong manhandle this little girl. It's fine. So There's this, a lot wrong with So it. on a scale of one, 0 to 100, if you're yeah. on like a 100 scale, like a Rotten Tomatoes, what would you give it? 98. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what would you give it, for real? Um, okay. Probably a 48. That's what I said. I said I'm in the 40s. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes has like 75. I know. I saw people, another viewer give it like an 83. People are desperate. This movie's bad. It's a bad movie. It's a, I bad, agree. Yeah, movie. It's a bad movie. I mean, I'm with you. I finished I watching it, though. and I was like, eh. But like, that's different. Though. I enjoyed watching different. it. I enjoyed yeah. watching it. It's a bad movie. But the movie's bad. Oh, yeah. Like, I enjoy Triple X. Triple X is a bad movie. Triple X is better than King Kong versus Godzilla. I don't know. The part where he jumps like a 10-foot fence from flat ground on a dirt bike, that's crazy. I still (laughs) think about that almost daily. Wow, so we talked about consciousness and God and Godzilla. Do we want to talk a little bit about your guy? Who? Hideki? Oh, boy. Yeah, set the stage here. Who's always All known right. that Hideki Matsuyama is going to do exactly don't what he know, did this weekend? If you don't know, obviously a big golf fan. Love golf. Play golf. Watch golf. I'm watching golf for years. <laughs> and ever since I started watching golf, Sal continued to not watch golf. But he started to every once in a while he would watch. And of course he you know, watched the majors and stuff. And he knew. Hideki. Oh no, that was Shoffley. I'm sorry. I was like, no way. Um, and Sal's favorite golfer, for whatever reason, he just gravitated towards Hideki Matsuyama. It was always Love like, 
You're like, he's going to win a major. I'm like, his no, game he's is not. amazing. And I was right for the longest time because he wasn't ever going to win a major. But now here we are on Master Sunday. And he's about got to a win. six shot lead. He's about to win the best with, major. With eight holes, no, seven holes, six, six holes left. He's got, he's got a shot. He can lose a shot a hole. It's in the like, bag. He's got it. Like, he's, he's going to drop a shot here. And it's not that big of a deal because, like, you're still going to have a five-shot lead. Like, who cares? He's going to win. And you I'm called so it. I'm so proud of the guy. Yeah. But I've been rooting for him, too, because, like... I wish I bet on him. I wish I bet golf ever. I would have made money. Now, here's the question. <laughs> Do you think Hideki ever wins a second major? I think, think he can. It? I think he can. And I think especially after winning one, he can win multiple. His game is perfect for these types of... I think he's got a great U.S. Open game. I think he's got a great Masters game. And he can obviously win a PGA because PGAs are just tournaments. Ooh, almost hit that um, I don't know if he could ever win a British. I don't – it doesn't strike me like he could, but you never know. Um, he doesn't seem very creative. But he doesn't He's have- very much like I hit the ball straight off the tee. I hit the ball right at the pin. And then but- if I miss it – I have really soft hands, and I get it up and down. That His ability from, like, within 200 yards to just get the ball near the pin for a birdie putt is incredible to me. Yeah, he's really good, though. <laughs> he's a good iron player. I love that. So, so I'm really, he, if he holds on and wins the green jacket, I'm going to feel so, so good for the guy. Better hope he makes this, though. You don't want him to drop to 11. I'm not worried. Spieth is now the closest one to him. I fucking love Spieth. Where Tell you what, Spieth, outside of Matsuyama, Spieth would probably win this tournament. But Matsuyama's too good. He gives up the bogey there, but it's all right. He goes to 13. He'll make a birdie, get it right back, and he's going to just coast to his win. Good for him. What an incredible story. There's the no first way. Japanese player to There's win no jacket. way Matsuyama could blow this. No way. You're trying to say I'm that. not <laughs> trying to jinx him. There's no way. There's no way. Zero percent chance he could lose this tournament. You're trying to jinx him. No, I'm not. Why are you trying to jinx my favorite golf player? I don't think they said golf player. I thought we were trying to hashtag stop Asian hate. If those people really cared about it, they'd all be watching the Masters. Room like, oh, let's go, Hideki! <laughs> I haven't seen one tweet. Hashtag. Salatoris has fallen apart. But this is how you know I'm not racist, because my favorite golfer for the last five years has been the Japanese guy. So Isn't weird, that enough proof? It's a weird barometer. Are you racist? No, I love Hideki Matsuyama. Well, I'm just saying, if I have any audience members who ever thought that I was a far-right, you know, dangerous conspiracy, yeah, you know, I'm not. I like, I like Hideki Matsuyama. I like all, people of all races. It has nothing to do with race to me. It's who you are as a person. And Your favorite I know, Yankee is Spanish? Who's my favorite Yankee? Gary? Yeah, Gary. Oh, yeah, I love Gary. Always have, always will. Don't care if he bats 098, I will defend Gary. But he's going to be in the Hall of Fame someday. All right. Well, thank you to all of our loyal listeners out there in Ketchup World. We're going to squirt you. Ketchup. <laughs> We're going to squirt you. <laughs> Is that a new sign-off? Because that's disgusting. <laughs> All right, all you ketchup heads, get ready to get squirted on. <laughs> That's our new thing. All right. All right. You want to hit say it again? Get really... I don't remember it. What? How do you forget Well, that it quickly? took me that long. It's how many episodes did it take me to get the intro down? A lot. 21. So there you go. So it'll be better next week. Almost half a year's worth of podcast episodes. What a beautiful thing. This. How many years before we have 25 followers? 30. <laughs> That's get, not bad. You get 0.8 followers a year. I like it. Alright. Well, squirt you next week. <laughs>
Well, I think you'll be further than I am. I think you should we have try, to try and to be, be the exact same. No, but point. I think you should try. And That's be why like... I think you should put it on the table. But then I think we're both gonna be too far. Well, you just lean it like this. All right. And kind of this sound from here. Shawfly. It's looking pretty good. Be a little left, but it should. Oh, that's right. How's that right? Is that tracker broken? 